My name is Nikki Robertson, and this is season two of the Reinvent Health podcast, where I chat with incredible people from all over the world about optimizing your health, happiness, and purpose. What does it take to get out of a rut? In this episode, Mark Smith discusses his own special brand of adventure coaching, why getting outdoors and into the fresh air and taking a step out of your daily life can be just the ingredient you need to reset your perspective and find the motivation you've been looking for. So I was born in Leeds in England and at 18 months old, my parents took me to South Africa and then at age seven, they moved again to Okay, what I'm saying is that my parents moved a lot in my early life. Um, aged 11, we then moved back to the UK, to Yorkshire, we then moved to, to Cheshire. So you speak about early life and informing how we turn out. And I think having to adapt to different schools, different cultures, different people across different countries, you know, um, that, that gave me a kind of a chameleon-like personality where I feel that I'm able to fit in and, and relate to people no matter where they're from, if that makes any sense. For me, it's, it's, it's a conversation I was just having with my dad. We were on a boat for a, for a few days and, and we were talking about direction and focus and he feels that he drifted and um, that never really, he never really had a specific purpose and direction. And, and so I, I guess that was true for me. And um, all I knew was that at a young age, I wanted to earn money, be able to afford my own vehicle and, and make my way in the world. So I went into, into sales in a couple of different companies and, and really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the freedom of being able to move around and meet different clients I enjoyed the challenge of being able to meet targets or being set targets and and in most cases exceeding them and in some cases doubling them um, which which was really great and exciting and and obviously earned commission um, and and that also gave me the tied into the the chameleon like uh, stuff that I mentioned earlier because uh, you know when you're in sales you can move across different uh, products and different to different countries as I did I moved from uh, sales in the UK to a, a paper company in in South Africa and slotted into the sales environment you know and and I, and I loved it specifically the freedom um, to be my own boss yeah I mean we met oh man it must be 20 years ago I hate to hate to <laughs> admit that it's so long but I mean I've always known you to be in coaching and you have a very specific brand of coaching you know everything yeah. about what you do is based on it's based on the outdoors it's based on adventure it's a different way of like you, know, you come from a sales background which is very much a call center office driven what drove you to take a traditional sort of coaching uh, method and I know you've, you've worked with many companies all over the world and make it about getting out there to discover yourself? Yeah, it's a really great question. So I suppose the, the back story to that, Nikki, is having done a lot of work on myself, figuring out that um, I needed purpose direction and to, to find a, a reason, I suppose, to, 
to operate in this in this world um, did a lot of different types of um, life skills courses and on one of those, uh, somebody said to me that there was an incongruity about me because I had this corporate look and yet my um, weekends were filled with mountain biking, camping, adventure, and you know, going and exploring the world, you know, jumping off waterfalls into freezing cold water and you know, all of those things that, <laughs> that I did. Um, and essentially what, what happened was through years of, of working in the corporate world training and facilitating seeing that there's a bell curve of people learning something and then over a short period of time then forgetting it because i was asked to go and do a refresher for, for the same people and deliver the same course i thought to myself this is crazy it's a waste of money so then i discovered coaching and ultimately the answer to your question is i looked at my personality um what i love about life and combining that with with coaching and coincidentally was um, able to to find that in neuroscience the the two match up beautifully so if your brain is pumped with oxygen meaning you're outdoors and exercising if you're drinking water and you're you're hydrating and um, you've got your your um, blood flowing then your brain is is operating optimally so i call this adventure coaching or dropping the walls of your mind and take executives out on mountain bikes or or hiking or uh, running whatever it happens to be we can go kayaking i don't i don't mind what it is but it's it's outdoors and away from the the corporate corridors and the and the paradigms which which um, plague them i suppose day to day yeah, I know and what you say is so true, especially about paradigms, because so many people are finding themselves in positions where they've lost their jobs or they don't really know what to do with their lives. The amount of people I've spoken to recently who say they just don't have drive. They never have had drive. They don't know what their passions are. They don't know what excites them. I find that really frightening. So, I mean, as a coach, how would you approach somebody or work with somebody who sits in front of you and says, I don't have anything to drive me. I don't even know where to start. Well, it's, it's really interesting that you ask that. Uh, I was on a call earlier on and working with a young South African journalist um, who had no clear, crystal clear vision for where she was going. She had some ideas and she had you know, a couple of connections here and there, but it was very much kind of a bootstrapping approach. And I don't know if you've heard of or done any work with John Kehoe. Uh, he had mind power in the 90s, I think it was, and um, he, I read a book of his, uh, Quantum Warrior, The Future of the Mind, and have worked with this kind of stuff with different um, coaches and mentors for, for years. And it's really about what coaching sets out to do, which is put in place a very clear, specific, measurable goal, um, break it down into bite-sized chunks, and then work towards it, almost forgetting the goal, actually, because you're, you're focusing on being present and here and now. And, you know, if it was a book, it would be focus on this chapter. Don't worry about three chapters hence. Um, so... So really how I work with people and was working with this journalist earlier on was I, I challenged her to find 
her niche and her passion and combine the two. So what is she uniquely good at and what does she think that her purpose on this planet is for? Um, and, and she got really animated and excited when she realized that she had huge writing skills and PR skills and a huge passion for telling African stories. And so she started to crystallize a very clear vision and it made a huge difference to, to her energy and her direction, essentially. So that would be my, my advice. Yeah. And, you know, we see this a lot with, with um, kids leaving school nowadays. You know, there, there's pressure to go do a degree. Not everybody's cut out to study. Let's face it. Not everybody knows what they want to study. I know many, many people who, I think it's something, the statistic is around 20% of people who do a degree actually use that degree um, yeah. in years on. And that's a hell of a lot of money and time. I, I do believe in studying. I think even if you don't follow that career path, just the mm. ability to expand your mind and start um, logical questioning um, of, of anything is a really valuable skill set. So, I mean, you've got kids. What do you do? I, mean, how, I don't know how old your daughters are. I'm assuming they're, they're at least past their teens by now. And as a dad, how do you approach that kind of thing? I have uh, two daughters and a son, actually. Aha. So, um, okay. the, 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 uh, and it's really interesting because my one daughter is a complete hippie and is doing natural building and she delivers yoga courses online. And, and she's funny enough, she's studied coaching and I've started working with her on combining yoga and coaching. My other daughter is studying psychology and criminology at uh, UPE. Uh, no, sorry, UP. Pretoria, and, um, and my son is studying in the Western Cape. So they're all completely different and, and have a different approach and philosophy to life. So I don't think there's one size fits all. What I have said to my, my children is that the way the world is going is firstly, lifelong learning. And secondly, the, the courses which we're studying today may not be relevant tomorrow. So look at potentially studying something that you're passionate about now. As I said, my one daughter studied yoga and she studied coaching, and now she's looking at combining those two. Um, and, and that can really work, that sort of chunked learning over a period of time. And as we spoke about earlier, having a, a, a pretty clear vision for your, for your life. It doesn't have to be exact um, in terms of how to get there because, you know, life can, can change along the way. Um, as long as that, that vision is still on the horizon and it's still something that you're passionate about moving towards, um, you, can, you can learn the skills and the attributes that you need in order to achieve that. But the interesting thing is, um, if I look at all the learning that I've done in my life around the Enneagram, around um, Neurozone, coaching, obviously, and, and uh, all of the life skills courses that I've done and working with men as I do, the majority of the benefits have been from learning about myself and about who I am and, and what I'm here to bring to the world more than the the skill sets which obviously they're important and they can be applied but it's really important to to as as i think it was plato who said know thyself yes exactly know thyself and ironically i mean that's not something we learn in school we just learn you know how to how to add up and how do you read and 
but knowing yourself and understanding yourself, I think, is one of the most valuable things we can know. But unfortunately, you know, in this day and age where that isn't part of a curriculum, um, we having to learn those things later on in life after making huge mistakes. Um, mm. What, in your opinion, you know, so many people beat themselves up about not being perfect, making mistakes. As a coach, how do you get people to reframe that really there's no failure, only feedback, that um, mm. you know, there's, perfection is a false idol. There is no such thing. In fact, it's a great way to make sure that you never get anything done is to strive for perfection. How do you tackle that, especially in corporate? That's a really great question. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm putting my hand up here saying guilty. Um, I grew up with a perfectionist father. I have um, tried this whole, the whole perfectionist route and, and failed many times and many things. And gradually over the years got to the point where I've, I've looked back and seen that what I thought were, were mistakes had so much value in terms of what I learned. Um, that when in answer to your question i'm working with people say in the in the corporate world and i spot that kind of behavior where there's there's such a striving um such an intention to to be on not only on top of your game but but um as you said the perfect um deal maker if it's uh, you know at a at a bank or or whatever and i've worked with many executives and senior people Generally, it's about, let's take a look at your life and the lessons that you've learned. Um, what have been the things in your life that have um, made the most sense to you in terms of um, elevating you to the next step or teaching you something valuable? And, and without fail, every single person that I've worked with has looked back and, and, and realized that it wasn't perfection, it wasn't getting things right. It was in the, um, whatever the situation happens to have been, the, the, either the mistake or the accidental stumbling across or you know, what seems to be a random occurrence that, that led to a, a specific choice or a or a place or a person which then gave them the opportunity and so so going back to john kehoe you know um if if we are to manifest something and hold on to a, a vision um and the root is able to be a meandering route if you think of the 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 pathways through the through the bush felt you know when you're going and and uh, you know finding I don't know if you've done game walks. I've absolutely loved them. Um, and, and also mountain biking through the, through the bush. The, the path isn't straight. And, and coming around uh, corners and being able to navigate things which, which are challenging. You know, as a mountain biker, I've, I've certainly learned more and, and become a better rider as a result of becoming um, used to firstly knowing that if I fall off um, it's not the end of the world and I try not to um, but also that if I'm in the wrong gear it's painful and that I can change gear and and therefore you know achieve that that um, elevated climb whatever it happens to be and there's it's an analogy for life that 
you know, we, there are going to be bumps in the road. There are going to be routes that trip you up and nearly send you over the handlebars. And um, the, there are going to be times when you're in the wrong gear. And it's okay. You know, um, a, a client of mine said to me said to me the other day when we were speaking, we did a team coaching call with her her group and and um, working on on some specific things. And I said to her, you know, we'd we'd agreed that we would cover specific things. And I said to her, I went, you know, off track because of this, that, and the other. And your people were asking for that, and we never covered this. And she said, Well, nobody died. Um, and and you know, I, I think it's 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 something that. We, we, we often in life forget to, to really appreciate every experience. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's like this lockdown. I'm locked down halfway across the world from, from my wife. Well, guess what? I'm having a conversation with you. I've had some great coaching um, online. I'm, I'm, I've signed a new contract with a new company. I'm doing work with people in India and America. You know, I mean, my life is full and, and rich, and yet I'm stuck behind a computer. You know, so it's not ideal, but but uh, there's such richness in in the experience, and my, certainly my technical skills have improved. Uh, all of us, we've become very good at. <laughs> You're conferencing. So I'm just, you know, I'm wondering why, where this paradigm of needing to, you know, I, I hate to use the word perfection because it's, it's such a cliche, but where does this pressure come from? You know, I think there's a tribal link. I think there's a survival link. As a child, you want to yeah. stay in the tribe and you want to be protected and the brain wants to please. Um, yeah. It's also the brain rewards for problem solving. So when you are in a difficult situation, you do figure it out. You do get reward chemicals. Where do you think yeah. this stems from? And how would you advise a group of people or an individual? How do you stop this or, or realize where it comes from and where it is or isn't serving you? That's a big question. So where I think it comes from. So the work that I do outside of my normal coaching stuff and which I have actually brought into coaching because it's become necessary um, is working at a at a deeper process level with with men uh, who have uh, wounds but what happens is that we have a, a shadow self um, which often drives our behavior and the shadow self driving our behavior is connected to childhood wounds, which could be uh, rejection, it could be criticism, leading to feelings of I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy, um, and those kinds of things. So in order to compensate for those, we try our damnedest to, you said the brain likes to you know, be, be liked. Um, I was rejected a lot as a, as a child moving around, as I said, I'd go to a different school. And, you know, I went to the, the UK and I was this tanned South African. Firstly, they played songs, I've never met a nice South African on the record player. Um, and they thought I was, I was weird, weird and different. So, so I, I developed this, I need to please, you know, and, and to, to get people to like me out of my, my father's perfectionism, I, I learned that as well. I mean, it was, it was a case of, you know, second best isn't, isn't good enough. If you're going to strive, yeah. strive to be the best. And whether it was rugby, athletics, academics, um, whatever it happened to, to be, it was always about that. So I think firstly, it comes from a wound. Secondly, 
I think it comes from societal conditioning and um, the media. There's a whole lot of pressure, especially on, I've seen um, my, my daughter struggle with, you know, young women are quite competitive. And um, so she struggles with, with that. And, and when it comes to the last part of your question, how, how do I advise somebody? Well, it's really difficult because it depends on the wound. First thing I would say is, again, going back to know thyself. So find a way to figure out what is driving your behavior. If you're a perfectionist or you need to be liked or you're, you feel not good enough, therefore you're always you know, wanting to prove yourself, um, then find out where that comes from. Either work with a coach or find a process to, to figure out what drives that behavior, that shadow behavior. And it's probably something which, as I said, happened when you, when you were young. And it's probably not just one thing either. I mean, I, if I look back at my childhood, there were triggers from teachers, from, from uh, peers, from parents, uh, all over the place. And they drove different uh, responses in me as a, as a youngster. And what I've done in my life is I've looked back and, and figured out those things and where they came from, um, who caused them. I've done quite a lot of forgiveness <laughs> work um, and, and um, also self-determination. You know, I'm absolutely, totally and utterly accountable and responsible for my canvas and the painting which I create on my canvas, full stop. I can't blame my parents. I can't blame my peers, my past, the government uh, or, or the economy or anything. It's on me. Um, so that. so that radical, radical self-responsibility is, is so empowering. Oh, I love that. I love the, that when you take away that need to blame everything else, everything external, and you make it, because then you can own your success as well in the same vein that you, you can own, um, you know, what's not working. You've got permission to own the good yeah. stuff as well, which no one really thinks about. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've looked back, as I said, I'm, I'm turning 52 on the 23rd of July so you know that's 52 years on this planet and if if I've learned one thing is is that um, firstly my, my mistakes haven't ended my life they've actually strengthened me and, and I know it's a cliche but um, the, the the divorce and, and having battled in the courts for years to get access to my children taught me an absolute steeliness they taught me how to prepare to to focus on a vision and a mission and achieve it no matter what I mean my vision was um, and I saw clearly that I was playing touch rugby on the beach with my son and I've never done that but what I have done is kicked a soccer ball around on the beach with my son at a point where it was it looked like I was never going to get access so so that real holding on to to something that you really want and and going for it that that grit was taught to me by uh, what one would term a negative experience or a, a, a terrible experience, you know, that, that um, at one stage I felt was breaking me. Um, so, so almost enduring something tough is, is necessary, I feel, for us human beings to, to evolve, actually. Yes, I completely agree. Without that positive pressure, we don't know what we're made of. I've always wondered, and I'm yeah. not asking you for an answer because I don't know if anyone's got the answer, but what is the difference between people who take adversity and somehow use it to turn into something good with people who simply fold? 
I'm really trying to understand what it takes because if you're sitting with and if you're coaching somebody who really doesn't have any energy to turn the, the, the destruction in their lives into something, a force for good or turn it around, how do you find that? How do you invoke that fire, that firecracker that gets people enthusiastic about taking the next step? And I don't know if there's a definitive answer. This is just a thought, but it really, I'm very curious mm. about that. Great question. I love it. Um, these are the kinds of things that, that fascinate me as well. So often what happens um, in, in my coaching is that I find that people are self-focused and to some degree um, self-obsessed. And so what, what we frequently do is we get into uh, what would it look like if you were to do this for somebody else? And um, that starts getting away from the ego and into a service kind of process. Um, and when somebody is doing something for somebody else, you often find that they've got more energy and drive because oh, I, can, I can do that. I can help that person set up a business. I can help that person, um, you know, you know re repair this relationship or whatever it happens to be. And then looking inward um, is a much harder job. And, and often it's, it's a case of I feel alone, I feel isolated, I don't know how to do it for myself. Um, so, so what typically happens in the coaching that I do is I'll, I'll take somebody to, to work with somebody else who needs what they um, are able to, to give. And that often releases that energy of, okay, well, let me um, find my creative juices and see what I can do for myself um, and often it's around love actually it's around either having grown up with love and support and being willing to love and support oneself um, and you know when, when that's in place then th there's energy that that can be gained in terms of, of figuring out a way forward yeah, no, I, I love that description. Um, and it's, yes, in service of others, it's very, very often seemed as socially acceptable, especially when somebody's been brought up to really not consider themselves. Uh, so that, that's a really good um, way of thinking about it. So you mentioned a bit earlier that you work a lot with men. And you know, women are typically the ones who go out there and look for help. They'll go to therapists. They'll say I've got a problem and they'll work it through but men maybe nowadays it's, it's getting to be more popular and certainly corporate and executive coaching has broken down a lot of barriers for most men who would never otherwise have gone and you know poured their hearts out to a therapist I, you work with um, I think it's the mankind project you've been involved with that for years what is what is that all about and why did you specifically was this the reason you um, really wanted to um, not target, but create a uh, an avenue where you could work with men specifically. Um, when I was introduced to the Mankind Project initially, I thought, oh, that sounds interesting, and then did nothing about it. Ten years later, I was introduced to, to it again as an opportunity to work with somebody, um, but but um, she wanted me to to go and do this this course before I went and worked with her because her target audience was men. And she said, go and do the Mankind Project. And I thought, oh, I'll go and learn a few skills. And little did I know that um, what that is about is essentially finding um, 
and they work with the archetypes of king warrior lover magician so you know i had to find my my inner king warrior lover magician in order to to be able to to go through um essentially a, a hero's journey so it's it's an exceptional uh training for men and um you're absolutely right that men a lot of men that go on the project were referred by wives girlfriends or <laughs> sisters or mothers yeah. and um or even psychologists um but again you're also right in that a lot more men are are looking for a way to to process and um it's it's a case of the 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 project served me in in um, a couple of ways. One, I I was able to to deal with and unpack some stuff that had happened in my early childhood, and um, also more recently with regards to my my children. And so I got involved with the organisation Boys to Men, which is uh, around the younger guys, and we did some work in um, with with um, some at risk communities these guys who are in gangs and on drugs and various things um, and help them to to go through a, a process of of coming to terms with what obstacles were in their way coming to terms with the fact that they had contributed to keeping them in their way even though they had been placed there by parent society community circumstance um, and um, and really what that ignited in me was absolute service so you know my mission on this on this planet is to leave um the place with better leaders than when i found it really it, it tapped into the father in me you know the 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 guy who who wants for this world to have fathers who show up you know fathers who who are accountable, fathers who are vulnerable, fathers who are real, who meet their obligations, who are able to tell the children they love them. I've got, I've got um, so many examples of, of grown men whose fathers never told them they love them. Yeah. Um, I was chatting to my dad about it this, this last weekend, and it's just so, so if, if, if that's a, a way to, to heal the world, then I'm in. Yeah, I think that's it's incredible. And, you know, if that is, that is, the way, you know, that is your, I suppose you can call it a market, but it is, it's so needed because there's so much out there for women. There's so many women's groups and women's, what about the men? You know, we're all human. Everybody needs, needs to be able to be an opportunity to be a better version of themselves. So that's incredible work. And, you know, I know when we're all in limbo at the moment, um, as somebody who's been through so much personally, what advice would you give to somebody listening to the show who's sitting there feeling like their backs up against the wall they've lost everything how do you find how do you start what is the first step you'd suggest somebody takes just to you know to round up what is you know how do we start the kickstart this this bus again because man people are in trouble and we need to get as much advice out there as possible yeah um when you say kickstart this this bus i, I suppose you know that there are um businesses that to be kickstarted and families also that could be under significant pressure as well as individuals um it's a it's a it's a tough one the i suppose the the essence of it is is um with the individual so what i do I, I don't know about 
anybody else. But what I do is I get moving. Um, when I'm stuck, I, I physically get moving. If I don't know where I'm going with my work or I'm, um, I'm frustrated with a project, I've just done a really difficult project that I, I had to dig deep to, to get through because it wasn't my, my skill set. I had a, a steep learning curve. I got up every single morning and I went for a run before my work to clear my head and get, get things going. So, so for me, it's, it's around um, if, if I'm physically healthy and um, looking after my, myself in that sense, then my mind can be clearer. I can make better decisions. Um, and then the other thing is to, is to um, let out whatever frustration you have. Now, I, I say that guardedly um, in, a, in a productive way, in a constructive way. So whether it be you know, screaming into a pillow, doing a hundred push-ups, or talking to somebody and telling them how you really feel. And that's something that, as you know, probably, you know, men find really tough to do. But when they do, when, when men really open up and they start unpacking you know these are the things that are challenging me in me in my business and i'm frustrated with this staff member or this process or th these financial problems talking about them doesn't make them go away but it can lead to insights and and uh, and realizations as to where there might be a, a beginning of a solution yeah i think i you know two very important things you said was the, the movement and the exercise is the brain has actually evolved to solve problems in motion. That's how we could run yeah. away from the, the predator and still keep our wits and think about where to hide while we're moving. So it is a problem solving mechanism that's, um, you know, I think it's pretty unique to human beings to be able to problem solve and move at the same time. Uh, apparently it's, mm. it's quite a, a human thing. So yes, exercise. I don't really believe exercise burns calories unless you're a professional athlete. And that's a whole other conversation. Exercise does make sense of the world or movement because like you said earlier, the amount of oxygen that gets circulated through the brain enables mm -hmm. us to make clearer decisions it is what we, we, we're evolved to do. So movements are completely agree with you. And if, you know, if all else fails and um, you've got nothing else, no other options available, go for a walk. It costs you nothing. And it really does sort, sort out the conversation in your head. Mm. Um, well, you know, so maybe people can't go for a walk because of lockdown. What I did when, when I was locked down here was that I moved all the furniture out of the way. I put on some um, classic rock music that I love and I just danced for an hour and a half, you know, nonstop. Love um, that. So you can you, you can you can do anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it really is creative problem solving. And we saw this in lockdown. People got creative. I mean, I even saw a video where somebody put cooking oil on the floor and don't try this because it looks damn dangerous. But they were whole you know, to simulate a treadmill, put cooking oil on the floor, held onto the kitchen counter and ran. <laughs> And that was brilliant, you know, um, creativity has no bounds when we have no other options. And this is really what I'm taking away from our conversation is if, if it's important to you, you're going to find a way. Absolutely. And you know what, the solutions are all around you. I can think of so many examples, but one was when we were living in 
um, near Lanseria and uh, we wanted to put a wall around our, our venue and at that stage uh, there just wasn't budget to go to carry on further with the building and um, we took a walk the one day and we were just chatting so this ties into another thing is that sometimes your best ideas happen when you're sleeping in the morning and you go ah okay that's something that has happened because your subconscious mind carries on working on it or you're in the shower so when you're not processing you know using your ram your hard drive is still ticking away in the background and, and yeah. so sometimes not problem solving can solve the problem so we were walking around um our, our property and, and just essentially um you know checking out the perimeter and suddenly my wife says to me hold on a minute there are so many reeds here why don't we build a reed wall and we did we built a double reed wall and we put hessian over it and and that just made such a beautiful venue and it was natural and biodegradable and you know all of those things so Boxes, yeah. sometimes solutions are right there yeah very often you know when we analysis paralysis is not just a, a fantasy it, you know when you try to think about it too hard it becomes impossible so that's really great advice so Mark, thank you um, for all of this. These are pearls of wisdom. I'm hoping that people listening will not only use these um, ideas to get themselves up and moving again, but also to contact you if they're interested in finding out more about what you do, uh, if they want to find out about the Mankind Project, or get involved with you from a corporate uh, point of view to find out how they can get involved with a different kind of coaching. So uh, I'm going to obviously put all your contact details into the, the show links and let's hope that great things sprout from this conversation. I'm sure they will. Well, thank you very much, Nikki. Thanks for the opportunity. And um, I have yeah, just one, one point of view on, on, on hope. I don't believe in hope. I believe in, in manifestation. Um, so I wake up uh, every morning and I have a, a daydream so the dream is about where my life is going and and I don't just have a, a vague sense of where I'll be I see myself building a house building uh, an uh, on this particular property on a hillside I see myself building tree houses and that people People will be there and that we you know we'll have a workshop and so I, I create a whole movie in, in my head and, and a lot of people think um, visually so I'd encourage everybody to to just dream it um, because yes. focusing on the problem doesn't solve it absolutely it just keeps you in the problem so I, I think the the, the the metaphor that comes to mind when you say that is seeding reality just planting what it's going to take mm. forward I think that's, that's great advice Thank you for joining me again for another great conversation. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcast. And if you have any questions for further topics, please feel free to email me at podcast at reinventhealth.co.za or leave a voice message on our Anchor FM page. This episode was sponsored by The Nutrition Prescription by Reinvent Health. The one thing we all have a degree of control over is how we manage our health through the choices we make. Believe it or not, healthy nutrition is more simple than we've been led to believe when you know what to do. If you're going to get away with anything positive out of 2020, let it be a wake-up call to make a change. Use this time in the best way possible. 
give your body what it truly needs in order to thrive. No matter your age, income level or health state, you can learn new habits that will help you feel stronger, more energized and motivated to live better. The Nutrition Prescription is an online learning program designed for anyone wanting to learn the basics of healthy nutrition and customize the knowledge into a way of life that does not involve restrictive dieting. Once you've signed on, you will receive access to hours of videos, meal plans, recipes, articles, and regular webinars that will keep you up to date with the most current thinking around health and nutrition. To sign up or find out more, go to reinventhealth.co.za and click on online learning.